This is the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on the Horse Racing Radio Network. Here comes Harlan's Holiday right now. And Harlan's Holiday has taken over the lead as they go to the quarter pole. And Harlan is in front at the quarter mile marker of the Florida Derby. Booklet is back to second. Blue Burner comes with his run to the outside. And they head for home. Harlan's Holiday and Edgar Prado in charge. Blue Burner and Jerry Bailey, the only one with a chance to get them. And they come to the final furlong. Harlan's Holiday to the 16th pole. Straight and strong. And he's the Florida Derby champ. Harlan's Holiday, Blue Burner to the outside. Peak skill third. Here comes Harlan's Holiday to win. Now here's Bobby Newman and Bob Nastanovich. Good evening. Welcome to another edition of the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview here on the Horse Racing Radio Network. I'm Bobby Newman along with Bob Nastanovich. We've got a dozen races to preview this evening taking place around the country either tomorrow or Sunday, including a four-bagger Bob at Gulfstream tomorrow highlighted by one of three graded stakes, the Harlan's Holiday, named after the 2002 Florida Derby champ. And named appropriately after him because I think uh, quite clearly... He loved Gulfstream Park. He raced there uh, five times, three wins, a couple of seconds, came back at four and won the Don impressively, and uh, won nine races overall. Wonderful racehorse, great influence on the breed, $3.6 million for the Todd Pletcher barn. Really great horse. Yeah, we may forget he actually was the favorite when he ran in the Kentucky Derby in 2002. It was the highest-priced favorite I remember seeing. I believe he was 6-1 to and was actually favored in that year's Kentucky Derby. Well, that's just one of four big races tomorrow at Gulfstream. Folks, Amwager is giving away money. New customers get a $150 sign-up bonus plus an instant $10 bonus for HRRN listeners. Here's how you get it. Go to link.amwager.com forward slash HRRN. You'll get $10 instantly for signing up. Then Deposit 150, bet 150, and get a $150 lump sum bonus. It's just that easy. Amwager is a wagering platform that's loaded with valuable tools and features, including odds charts, odds predictions, and much more. You'll also get free access to Form to Win, a revolutionary app that analyzes past performance data in just minutes. So go to link.amwager.com forward slash HRRN to sign up and get your bonuses Amwager built by horse players for horse players. All right, Bob, well, we'll start off with the first of the four-bagger at Gulfstream tomorrow. It's the only ungraded stake on the card. Race number five is the Rampart for Phillies and Mares going a one-turn mile on the main track. Field of six entered in the Rampart. And according to the morning line, it's between the three Mary Quite Contrary and six Nostalgic as to who's going to go off favored. Yeah, this is a, a good renewal uh, despite the uh, short uh, field. Um, Unifying is real interesting here. Proper running advertisement for uh, young Riley Mott. Uh, interesting that uh, she's in fantastic form. Uh, three-year-old filly by Union Rags out of an archmare, which sort of would lead you to believe that she would want to uh, run over a distance of ground. Uh Despite her pedigree, she seems to be more of a sprinter. It'll be interesting to see how she does in great form, stretching out to a mile. It'll be interesting to see where Irad Ortiz uh, places her in the race. There's speed to her inside. Uh, Looks like a good opportunity if he breaks sharp to seize command, which would be a key factor here. Um, It's been a frustrating year for Mary Quite Contrary. She's one for five. Her her owner, uh, Breeder... Mr. Rodney Lundock is using his fourth different trainer for her 12th career start. She's won six. Most importantly, she loves it here. She's six for eight here. She's an excellent filly just about everywhere, but particularly good here. Definitely the best horse that uh, Luca Panici rides. Eddie Place uh, trains her this time. She seems to really run for, for everybody. Um, nostalgic from the Billmot Barn is a classy plotter but still a plotter. I mean, she's won a lot of money. I just think things will happen too fast uh, for her here going a one-turn mile. And Safi Joseph has a pair in here, and he beat Mary Quite Contrary last time with three rich, three witches who doesn't run here. Imanra appears to be the better of his uh, two entrants, but she's in, in pretty poor form. She'll, she'll need a major form reversal. So despite the fact that she's a closer and the and the pace of the race is sort of 
up in the air, my selection will be Mary Quite Contrary just because she loves the racetrack and has abundant class. Okay, I went to the other short price one, number six, Nostalgic. I don't think she lays over the field by any means. Uh, for some reason, she was a lot further back last time than I think she really wants to be, and it might convince people to think that she's a closing type of filly, but I think she's actually a pace-pressing kind of mid-pack type, so I think she'll be in front of Mary Quite Contrary, and if that happens, she has a better chance of being here. She's not going to pass. Mary quite contrary, but from the outside post, I think she'll be able to lay just off the speed, whoever it is, number one, Dreaming of Snow, or number two, Unifying, and I think she'll be the first one to attack at the quarter pole. She's one for one at Gulfstream Park, uh, and she's proven at this distance. She uh, loves it at a mile or a mile and a 16th. I think Nostalgic going to get back to the winner's circle and win the Rampart race five tomorrow at Gulfstream Park. Eighth race on the card is the first of three graded stakes tomorrow at Gulfstream. It's the grade three Swanee River. Phillies and Mayor is going to go a mile on the turf, and this, of course, is a two-turn mile when you get over to the turf course. Ten of them entered in the Swanee River, Bob, and slight favorite on the morning line is number nine, Fast as Flight. Yeah, this looks like a really good race on paper, and there's a, a really significant um Entrant and here, accomplished girl, the six. Uh, notably, when we spoke with uh, Jeremy Plonk yesterday, he noted that accomplished girl is also cross entered in the five furlong sprint race that we'll talk about later in the show on Sunday. She looks like a sprinter on paper, but she drew the 12 hole in that sprint. She drew the six in this route. Um, wherever she goes is going to be as be a, a, a notable aspect of how this race is run because she looks like she'll set a very, very fast pace. Um, she's working incredibly fast in the morning. So that's, I mean, that really affects how I handicap the race. I mean, you have to admire Saffron Moon from the rail. Um, she's a very capable um, filly. It's Tyler Gaffleone and Chad Brown. Uh, despite them being obviously high-profile connections, they're 0 for 8 in the last 60 days. Um, when they hook up, but they really bumped into a nice filly last time in Star Fortress at uh, Churchill Downs. She looks like a filly that's definitely going places in this division. Um, full, count, full count Felicia is very good. She put in a very good effort in the grade two goal to Cove out in California. This is a drop in class for her. It looks like kind of the perfect spot for uh, Brittany Russell and Irad Ortiz. She's sure to take money. She's in very good form in the mornings. Uh, Molakia is a lightly raced Tappet filly from Graham Motion's barn. It looks like she has some talent. Uh, Mesador is a, is a nice filly. But uh, basically, I'm going to make two selections in here. If Accomplished Girl scratches and goes in the sprint, I'm going to take a long shot for Ian Wilkes and Joe Bravo, the three-horse Walkathon, because I think Walkathon, who's capable and has a touch of class herself, will be able to control the pace. And I think that will be a key factor here. If Accomplished Girl goes in here, I think it's full count Felicia's race to lose, and I like her. So two different selections. Accomplished Girl is such a key entrant in here. If she goes to the sprint, walkathon, and if not, I'll take full count Felicia. Yeah, I'm going to take full count Felicia no matter what happens in this spot. I think she gets a uh, significant rider change. I, I also think the fact that she's not traveling 3,000 miles from her home base is a good thing. And, in fact, she, her home base during the wintertime appears to be South Florida now. She has two works since that uh, failed attempt in the Goldacova at Santa Anita down at uh, what is, seems to be her winter home of Palm Meadows these days. Uh, I think she will get uh, the right pace scenario in this spot, and I think this is a better spot for full count Felicia. Three to one on the morning line, that's fair enough for me. I will take her to win the Swanee River tomorrow. Tenth race on the card at Gulfstream is the grade three Harlan's Holiday. Three-year-olds and up, going a mile and a 16th on the main track. Big field of 11, and I assume, Bob, that this is the local prep toward next month's Pegasus World Cup Invitational, which I believe takes place on Saturday, January 27th. Um, I can only tell you this, Bob, and I, you can take this any way you want. If the winner of this year's Pegasus comes out of tomorrow's Harlan's Holiday, it will not be the greatest Pegasus winner we've ever seen. No. Um, <laughs> no. th 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 there are some nice horses in this race, None of these horses, at least in my eyes, are true grade one type of horses. 
This is a grade three tomorrow, so they don't have to worry about it then. Uh, the morning line favorite is ne- number six, O'Connor, who has coming off a hard-fought victory at Keeneland in the Fayette last time out. I'll tell you what, this is as good a grade three race as you're going to get for uh, horses three, three and up this time of year for sure. This is a really deep bunch. Uh, a lot of nice resumes in here. Like you said, um, some will have to step up significantly to compete at the grade one level, but uh, winning this race or running well in this race and getting a shot at the Pegasus uh, it would be sort of interesting. I mean, you've got uh, W&E in here who won the Remsen in 2022. You've got New York Traffic, who's a capable sort. He's an excellent form for Safi Joseph. Um, O'Connor, like you mentioned, Octane seems to prefer a wet track, and I think we're expecting very nice weather in, in, in Gulfstream. Uh, there's a couple of horses that were uh, dismissed, at least by the morning line odds maker in here, that I think have a big shot. Um, the eight horse, Miles D, he uh, he he comes out of a a key race from an unexpected place. He ran in the Delta Mile. Last time, he split a couple of horses, uh, Touch Upon a Star, who's the dominant Louisiana bred, kind of a special Louisiana bred racing right now. And the horse that we saw win the Tenacious uh, last week for uh, Grant Forrester, five-star general, um, he's a horse that really has um, a lot of uh, hidden class, and he was dismissed at 20-1. to 1. He's trained by Amador Sanchez, uh, who took over from Chad Brown. Uh, sometime this summer and prepped him for that race at Delta. So he appears to be the same horse that he always has been, maybe even better. Lionel Reyes uh, rides him. I think he's got a chance. And, and I really like the uh, 10 horse in here as well, Steel Sunshine. Michael Ivorone is part of the ownership group of O'Connor. Well, he's also part of the ownership group of Steel Sunshine. And arguably this four-year-old son of Constitution ran the best uh, recent race uh, smashing allowance foes here by nearly five lengths. October 14th, he's been freshened. He likes time between his races. Interestingly, there's a mistake in my PPs. It says blinkers off, but the blinkers already came off in the last race, um, so I thought that was sort of notable. But uh, I can't really split those two, and since they're both going to be big prices, I'll probably back both of them if they're substantial odds. I'll give the nod to Miles D just because the form is so good from the uh, Delta Mile. All right. My PPs say the same as yours. Is there a chance that Steel Sunshine was listed not wearing blinkers last time but actually was wearing them and is, no, is, is taking I watched them the, off today? No. I watched the replay. Clearly did not have blinkers last time. Okay. Interesting that uh, somebody was confused when they, uh, when they entered this horse. Then I, I think O'Connor is the one to beat in this spot. I'm not going to bet the race if he's 5-2 to two because I don't think he lays over the field, and he may be a shorter price than that. I know his good races make him the one to beat, but I'm not convinced he's going to run another good race off that one. I think the most intriguing horse is number 9, Gasoline. Uh, in my mind, he just kind of threw in a little bit of a clunker last time out in the grade 2 Clark, where I think he faced tougher competition than what he's going to see tomorrow. Uh, His previous tries at both Aqueduct and Churchill were very, very good, albeit against allowance competition. And at 9-2, he intrigues me as well. I'd probably use sixes and nines in the Harlan's Holiday tomorrow, but it's not a race I love. It's a very evenly matched race. And if you have a strong opinion, which I don't have, you have a chance to make some real money, but the problem is I just don't have a very strong opinion. (laughs) Uh, So uh, it's not going to be for me. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we have one more Gulfstream stake on Saturday to look at, as well as a couple of nice events down at the fairgrounds. You're listening to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on the Horse Racing Radio Network. There are plenty of thrills at Gulfstream Park with live thoroughbred action Friday through Sunday and simulcasting seven days a week. Join us on track for weekend stakes races. Dine trackside in 10 Palms with an elevated view of the track and grab a cool cocktail in the Carousel Club. For reservations, tickets, and more, head to GulfstreamPark.com. 
The race is on at Sam Houston Race Park. Get in on exciting thoroughbred racing action every weekend. Join us January 5th through the 7th for our 30th anniversary opening weekend with stakes races Friday through Sunday, Houston sports celebrities, and more. Plus, join us on Sunday Fun Day for the best brunch around. And don't miss live music and our big beer drink special every Friday night in January. Race in for all the excitement at Sam Houston Race Park. Visit SHRP.com for details. The YMCA is just a starting line for the true self blooms only when we find our purpose, what makes us tick below the surface. My why is diversity in unity, a safe space in my community, living with sincerity, giving every day my everything. With my why, I stand strong, seen, and supported all along. It's a million faces in a mirror, and everyone belongs. Find your why. Learn more at ymca.org for a better us. HRRN is live online. Go to our website at horseracingradio.net to stream all of our broadcasts live or listen to the show archives anytime. Read our blogs, get the latest news, and see our entire broadcast schedule. It's all there at horseracingradio.net. And follow us on Twitter at HRRN and like our page on Facebook. Search Apple Podcasts for HRRN and download our latest shows. HRRN is home to racing's biggest events, and our home on the web is at horseracingradio.net. Radio.net. You're listening to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on HRRN. The half was in 48 and 2 as they round the far turn, three quarters, 111 and 4. And it is Silver Freak on the inside, Mashawish is moving now while going wide. Mashash did not handle the turn all that well, but is coming up to the front runners at the top of the stretch. It is Silver Freak in front. Mosler, Mashawish, Grand Tito running a big one. Lochte is splitting horses too. And then Grand on the far outside, Zah approval. They're coming down to the line, and it's going to be Mashawish to win. Grand Tito was second. Then a photo, Fredericksburg and Zah approval. Larry Comas back in 2015, the announcer at Gulfstream Park, calling the Grade 2 Fort Lauderdale Stakes, won by Mashawish. This year's edition of the Fort Lauderdale taking place tomorrow down in Hallandale Beach, Florida. Welcome back to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview here on HRRN. Bobby Newman, Bob Nastanovich. Let's get back to it, Bob, and we'll get to the Fort Lauderdale Stakes, a Grade 2 event, and a mile and an eighth on the turf. Nice purse of $200,000 here, three-year-olds and up. Competing over the nine furlongs field of 10 entered in this race. And number nine, Running Bee, coming off a couple of really big efforts against allowance foes, is your two-to-one favorite. Yeah, I guess uh, we basically consider this to be the uh, prep race for uh, local horses for the Pegasus turf. Is that correct? I think it is. And it's another one where there's some nice horses in here, uh, but... There are other ones pointing toward the Pegasus turf, like into, uh, like is it integration? What is Shug's, uh, Shug's undefeated? Yeah, that's a good one. Yep. Uh, who who are probably a tad above these? Right. Um, I guess the exception could be Stone Age, who did finish second in the 2022 uh, Breeders' Cup uh, turf, um, but hasn't done much since. Uh, this is a horse that appears to definitely be driving Chad Brown crazy. Uh, he throws blinkers on today, uh, hasn't really run a step uh, this year, went to Qatar, uh, which might have thrown him off his game. Uh, blinkers on and the rare booking for Chad Brown of John Velasquez. He's ridden one horse for him in the last 60 days, so they're trying some changes to try to wake up uh, the uh, talented and classy Stone Age, who hasn't shown much in a while. Uh, yesterday we, we heard from Jeff Siegel, who referred to uh, Easter, the San Gabriel winner uh, on opening day at Santa Anita is clearly the best turf horse on the West Coast, uh, based on the West Coast currently. Um, if so, he got beat by Grand Sonata in an allowance race on August 24th at Saratoga. Grand Sonata is another horse um, whose best days may be behind him. Uh, he flashed a lot of ability at an earlier part in his earlier part of his career. And he looks like he's trying to get back on track after a very quiet year, in which he has won just that one win and uh, four tries. Um, I'm going to take a shot here with a horse called King Max, the five. Uh, he's by Kingman out of a Jeremy Mare. Um, was a decent racehorse, racehorse in the U.K. before he came over to Monmouth Park. 
And I don't know what he beat at Monmouth Park, but he drubbed two fields on the turf at Monmouth this summer. Um, he went up to Woodbine, uh, put a line through that race. It was on the synth. He didn't seem to like it. Uh, races for Ammo Racing is kind of a very, very prominent force in British racing at the moment. Um, interestingly, this weekend they have two entrants running, uh, one on Saturday, one on Sunday. And young British rider David Egan, who's their new contract rider, uh, he was the gentleman that rode Mishrif uh, for John Gosden to win both the Saudi Cup and a Group 1 in the U.K. He's taken over the job from a, jo- a good rider called Kevin Stott, and these are very big mounts for him. Um, I think King Max uh, is a pretty talented racehorse who's unexposed in this country, and at a big price, I'll take him to upset the Fort Lauderdale. All right, King Max for Bob, 12 to 1 on the morning line. I'm also going with a little bit of a price, number 3, Jerry the Nipper. New York bred facing open competition tomorrow. Doesn't worry me with him, though, as he's already won multiple times against open competition. He's in really good form. In fact, he almost never runs a bad race. He has raced 19 times. He's been in the money 16 of those 19 races. And uh, of the three that he did not hit the board, last time out he was fifth, but only beaten two lengths in the R.D. Schiller. He finished fourth, beaten about a length and a half in the, in the coal back in uh, 2022. So even his bad races aren't bad. And 88-1 to one, uh, with regular rider Jose Ortiz aboard, I think he's about as good as anyone else in this field. He just hasn't won in, uh, in a few months, and maybe that's what uh, is dissuading people uh, from liking him, or maybe at least dissuading Pete Aiello from making him lower on the morning line let's jump over to the fairgrounds they've got two nice stakes on their saturday card the first of which is race number seven it's the wood chopper for three-year-olds going the about distance of one mile on the turf big field of 12 entered to go in the wood chopper bob and morning line favorite and a very uh, tepid morning line favorite at that is number four gigante yeah the three horse in here deck and prince he ensures an honest pace looks like there's going to be plenty of speed in here uh, to me, there's a standout horse in here, and that's the four Gigante. I think he'll be he'll go off a shorter price than three to one. He's the class of the race. This definitely represents a drop in class for him. He won the he won the Grade Two Secretariat at Colonial this summer. Then he ran into inter- Integration, didn't get humiliated behind behind the likes of Integration and Program Trading and Runaway Storm, who all came back and won their next starts. Only got got beat less than five lengths by that crew. Um, ran okay in the Bryan Station, then in a race that, like everything, came off the turf at Churchill in the fall, uh, dusted a, uh, a basically a depleted field. He's a three-year-old son of not this time. I don't think I've ever seen um, a horse like Gigante in that when Edgar Morales gets the leg up on Saturday, he'll be the 11th different rider for Gigante in his last 11 races. Uh, so, but he seems to pretty much run for just about everybody. So I found that to be uh, kind of interesting. I mean, Steve Asmussen does have a, a reputation for switching riders around, but I don't think I've ever seen anything that extreme. Regardless, I think Gigante is the class of this field, um, and I think that uh, with the pace in front of him, he'll he'll close and kick on win pretty comfortably. Okay, I thought the second choice, number seven, Northern Invader, was the one to beat, and I think he'll actually go off favored in the race. He's favored basically every time he goes to the races these days. Last time out, he tried to get on the turf at Churchill Downs, but like most horses trying to get on the turf during the recent meet at Churchill, it was moved over to the main track. And he had the inside post, and for some reason, he just didn't get out of the gate. It wasn't like he was terribly slow. He just was a flat-footed out of the gate and a lot further back than he really wants to be in. It was only because jockey Jose Ortiz uh, really never gave up on him that he actually got up and got second in the race. But he was no, he was no threat to Higante that afternoon in the off-the-turf tur- off the dirt event. Uh, he was a much lower price than Higante that day. I think he would have been a lower price than them even if they stayed on the turf. And 7-2 to two on the morning line is good enough for me on the Cherie DeVoe trainee who just simply runs good race after good race. Northern Invader for me in the wood shopper. Ninth race tomorrow at the fairgrounds is the Pago Hop uh, for three-year-old fillies going about a mile on the turf. Big field entered here. 15 entered, 12 will run, assuming the race stays on the turf. And morning line favorite is number four. Watch this birdie. 
Yeah, we're not uh, expecting any inclement weather at the fairgrounds this weekend, so hopefully this will be a, a turf race like the Wood Chopper. Um, the four horse watch this birdie is kind of an anomaly. This is an Arkansas bred um, who's by a stern out of a Boston Harbor mare, so kind of a versatile pedigree. But apparently she hates the dirt, which kind of obviously rules her out of racing in Arkansas. But she's uh, she's got a new lease on on life on the turf. Um, she's been she's been very good on the, on the grass wherever she's raced on it. Um, the twelve horse free look, who's five to one on the morning line, will definitely be shorter than that. Um, she definitely is the class of the field, but she's a closer for Brad Cox and Florent Giroux, and she'll have to negotiate a trip from the outside post. Uh, Michael Stidham's entered a pair in here. Um, obviously, generally a very successful trainer. Um, he's had a very frustrating meet by his standards. He's one for 26 with seven seconds. But the winner was the three horse in here, Tufani. Um, and Tufani uh, is, will be my selection. Uh, ben Curtis, who rode her last time, good rider, is riding at the fairgrounds uh, this, this season from uh, Yorkshire. Um, she looks like she has an excellent win habit and a very good turn of foot. Um, she's out of a, a good mineshaft mare called uh, Windhook. Windhook's being the capital of Namibia. I found that to be an interesting piece of trivia. Uh, but I think Tufani, um, with her ability to finish and the fact that uh, she's running well for, for a barn that's been uh, frustratingly cold, I'll select her and, uh, as a long shot, take a long look at financial advice, a horse that switches from the uh, successful barn of Steve Chercop and Woodbine joins Grant Forrester, uh, training well for Forrester, and ha comes from a very good French family, the French family of the uh, stallion Ray Coletos, and they really like her. So if you want to play her underneath, but my uh, selection will be the three Tufani. All right, I thought this was a very difficult race to figure. I, I ended up on the favorite watch this birdie, which probably means I won't be betting the race because I don't really think she's much better uh, than some of the other ones in this field, if better at all. Uh, I like the fact that she's been running in those tough allowance races at both Keeneland and Churchill, and in fact winning uh, two of her last three starts. So even though this theoretically is a step up in class going from allowance to a stake, I'm not really sure that this stake at the fairgrounds is any tougher than the allowance fields that she was running against over in Kentucky. Uh, as you mentioned, she's an Arkansas bred who loves the turf. And like your choice, number three, Tufani, I think she loves getting to the winner's circle. She uh, she finishes with a flourish, and I think she's probably trying to get the same trip as Tufani. So we'll see who gets the right trip between numbers three and four, and if those are the right ones who are firing down the lane. All right, we are going to take another break. When we come back, more Saturday action to look at, including New York, and Southern California. This is the Amwager Weekend Stakes preview on the Horse Racing Radio Network. Horse of the Year candidate, Elite Power. Southgate Warrior makes his move on the outside. Elite Power on the front side. And Elite Power gets up to win the sprint. Elite Power is moving clear. And going to take the rear dirt sprint by a widening margin. Five, five, all of you. Take it easy, down, down. Nine, nine hundred. And nine hundred pounds in Standing at Judmont. Fans, world-class racing is underway at spectacular Santa Anita, so come join the fun as we move into the new year. First post time Saturday, Sunday, and Monday is at 12 noon, with admission gates opening at 10 a.m. Ring in the new year with us on Monday, and you can enjoy great racing along with $1 beers and sodas, as well as $2 hot dogs. Horse players, check out our new wagering menu that includes the traditional pick six with a $1 minimum. If no one selects six winners, there is a carryover to the next racing day, Additionally, our popular all-turf pick three is back with a $3 minimum showcasing the final three turf races each day. And check out our new $1 minimum trifectas and rolling pick threes with bigger payouts the order of the day. Bring the kids. Our infield winter family fun zone is back this weekend. And don't forget to join the party on Fridays with free parking and admission along with $3 beers and $5 margaritas. First post time is at 12 noon. How was your drive to school? Let me tell you. I had to get my iced coffee first. I just can't seem to put it down. My favorite rapper just announced a tour. My phone was buzzing like crazy. I'm so excited. I had to text all my friends right then to talk about it. Then, someone started calling me and... Let's try that again. I turned my phone off right away. I never drive distracted. 
Visit StopTechStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Want to get the latest HRRN content directly on your computer or mobile device? Then subscribe to our podcast using the Podbean app or Apple Podcasts. Just go to hrrn.podbean.com on your computer and click follow or download the Podbean app and search HRRN. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and listen to our latest episodes anytime. Don't miss a thing. Subscribe to our podcasts today. You're listening to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on HRRN. They tore through that opening quarter in 22 and two-fifths seconds. And Extra Heat is flaunting her speed here. Coming to the top of the stretch. Holding off caller one for the moment. Squirtle Squirt is just in behind them. Five Star Day is kicking in on the far outside. The whip is out on left bank. Swept overboard is coming up the inside. And Delaware Township coming with a resolute rally down the middle of the track. It is still Extra Heat. Here comes Squirtle Squirt. Caller one on the outside. Squirtle Squirt. Caller one. Extra Heat. A driving finish. Here's the wire. Squirtle Squirt has won it over Extra Heat. Close for third between Swept Overboard and Caller One. That was Tom Durkin back in 2001. The Grade 1 Breeders' Cup Sprint won by the Bobby Frankel-trained Squirtle Squirt. His first ever training victory in a Breeders' Cup race, and there is a stake named in Bobby Frankel's honor tomorrow out at Santa Anita. Welcome back to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview here on HRRN. Bobby Newman, Bob Nastanovich. before we get back to the stakes action, it's time now for the Blood Horse News Update and a look at the top headlines from bloodhorse.com. Here's a name from the past, Bob. Controversial Calumet President J.T. Lundy dies at 82. John Thomas, uh, J.T. Lundy, as it were, the embattled former president of Calumet Farm and a central figure in one of the thoroughbred industry's lingering conspiracies, died the morning of December 27th. According to his family, he was 82. Uh, The high-flying days at Calumet would be short-lived under Lundy. Aladar, who was their bellwether sire, uh, bellwether stallion, his success as a sire had been heavily leveraged through multiple bank loans and what would prove to be a precarious financial house of cards that began falling November 13th of 1990 when Aladar kicked his stall door and fractured his leg. He would be euthanized two days later while theories persist that the stallion was killed for insurance money Insurance adjuster Tom Dixon, who was among the first on the scene of the tragedy, has steadily maintained that the horse's injury was the result of an accident and not insurance fraud. Uh, J.T. Lundy's troubles would continue. He ended up resigning uh, by April of 1991. He was sentenced in 2000 to four and a half years in prison and ordered to pay $20.4 million in restitution following convictions on federal charges of bank fraud, bribery, and conspiracy related to $65 million in loans from First City National Bank of Houston. Federal prosecutors argued Lundy deserved a stiffer penalty because he was responsible for the death of Aladar, the main asset securing the loans. On that latter allegation, the U.S. District District Court Judge Simlaki would conclude there is some physical evidence and circumstances surrounding the event are suspicious but I cannot conclude he is responsible. Lundy served his sentence and was released in January 2005. That wraps up this afternoon's edition of the Blood Horse News Update. Blood Horse Magazine, perfect gift for the horse lover on your list or for yourself. It's the gift that keeps on giving all year long. Right now, when you subscribe to the Thoroughbred Industries' premier monthly magazine, You'll get a 2024 Blood Horse calendar at $24.95 value, absolutely free. Go to bloodhorse.com forward slash HRRN. To be honest, Bob, uh, it had been a long time since I had thought about the name J.T. Lundy and uh, all the controversy that surrounded him while he was at Calumet Farm. Of course, Calumet Farm uh, had their heyday, and then they basically went away. They were sold, and now they are back in action and obviously breeding and owning horses, different colors, different people involved. But uh, uh, it, it kind of it, it, it brought back kind of – there was a, a little bit of a, 
a grin on my face. Obviously, I'm not happy that uh, Mr. Lundy passed away and never had a chance to meet him. But when you kind of are remembering stories that were lost in your in your somewhere between your ears for a long, long time, it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I mean, like you, yeah, it was, I, I remember it very clearly. I remember, I mean, there was a book about it as well. I can't remember the name of the book, but uh, certainly a guy that make, makes me feel like I've never gotten in trouble. I mean, that's just a, <laughs> what a completely nightmare set of circumstances. And uh, um, he definitely um, paid the price for his uh, his deeds. Yeah, and uh, certainly deservedly feel bad. so. You certainly feel bad that he's gone. Don't know, like, like I said, I don't, I don't know anything about him other than what I've read. And by the way, not everything that you read is true. So uh, who who knows? All right, let's get back to cheerier subjects, though, in the here and now, including a couple of nice graded stakes tomorrow out at the Great Race Place. Race one, believe it or not, on the Saturday card is the featured event of the afternoon. It's the Great Two $200,000 Joe Hernandez Stakes for the three-year-olds and up sprinting down the hillside turf course at the distance of about six and a half furlongs. Now, uh, a couple of interesting notes about this. First of all, Joe Hernandez was the first ever race caller at Santa Anita. He began, uh, I believe they started on Christmas Day of 1934, and he called all the way until his passing in 1972. They have a, a... a, bu- a statue or a bust of him right near one of the uh, main entrances at Santa Anita, so you can still see it to this day, and it's great that they have a stake named in his honor. Uh, there was a full field of 13 entered for this race, Bob. 12 will run if it stays on the turf. I would bet a lot of money this race will not stay on the turf. The weather every day for the past several days had shown that the forecast for tomorrow at Santa Anita is rain. It's supposed to rain from tonight around midnight, 1 a.m. West Coast time, all the way until about 1 p.m. in the afternoon. And even though it's not going to be like Florida torrential rainfall, it's supposed to be kind of steady rain. And they basically take races off the turf in California if somebody spits. So I'd be shocked if this race and the Bobby Frankel remain on the turf. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often, um, for sure. So, uh, again... uh, Check the uh, check the morning <laughs> check the morning changes on these races. Uh, notably, there's a handful of horses here that look like they're entered in anticipation of the weather and the fact like that that this might uh, definitely come off the turf. Um, if for some reason it stays on the turf, uh, then I'm going to pick a horse called Olympic Runner, a horse owned by Gary Barber that's trained by Mark Cassie, who's a proper turf sprinter, an experienced turf sprinter. Has never raced at Santa Anita, but it looks like connections got together and said there's a lot of money to be won, including the Joe Hernandez with a good uh, horse that uh, we can get who's got some talent to run down the hill at Santa Anita uh, this winter. An Olympic runner looks like uh, he was handpicked, seven-year-old Gio Ponte Gelding, to perform in these kind of races. The 11 post doesn't concern me at all. Again, it'll be interesting to see if he runs on the dirt. He's only run on it once. He did win on an off track. But if it comes off the uh, turf, and regardless of the uh, surface, whether it's a good track or a muddy track or a sloppy track based on the weather, uh, my selection for a dirt race in here is going to be Lovesick Blues. This is a five-year-old son of Grayson, of course, owned and bred by Nick Alexander, the Grayson man, trained by Steve Maiotti, who's pretty much his main man. Uh, for training horses. This is a grazing. They're usually pretty versatile. This is a grazing that definitely prefers the dirt. Uh, looks like a, a dyed-in-the-wool um, closer. Um, there's a ton of speed in here for six and a half. And uh, there's one horse in here that I remember being a huge talking horse, and that's the four for Forbidden Kingdom. When he won the San Felipe March 5th of 2022, uh, racing fans thought that he was going to be the next big thing. Um, as it was, he got dusted by Taiba and, and Messier and Happy Jack and the uh, Santa Anita Derby. Has never won a race since. Um, I think that they're hopefully hoping for a revival from him, the Mandela Barn. Um, if he's to do so on Saturday, he's going to have to try to uh, win a race with a ton of speed in it. So, uh, again, my selection will be Lovesick Blues on the dirt and Olympic Runner on the turf.
All right, I only handicapped the race for the dirt. I think it's coming off, and I like your selection, number seven, Lovesick Blues. I like the fact that there's speed in here. I like the fact that he's proven on the dirt at Santa Anita, and um, I, I, I think he, I think he's just going to get the right trip, and I think his good races are as good or better than anyone else. He's 6-1 to one on the line, but that's a turf morning line. He'll be lower if this race gets rained over to the main track. Third race on the card, and I have no idea, by the way, why the two stakes are races one and three. If they've known all along, it was going to rain all morning. So that's odd to me. Uh, but the third race is the Robert J. Frankel stakes, a grade three event for fillies and mares at a mile and an eighth on the turf. Six were entered if the race remains on the turf. Uh, half of them, I was told, were hustled into this race. It's not the strongest stake we've ever seen. It's another race I, I think will get moved over to the main track, but I'm not sure. Yeah, it's a shame that a, that a, a weak renewal is named after the great Bobby Franklin. Listening to the uh, Squirtle Squirt win uh, reminded me of a, uh, a sort of a, a disappointing moment in my Breeders' Cup history because I was a massive Extra Heat fan, and she was just an incredibly admirable little horse. I think she won about 21 of 26 lifetime, and she cost $5,000 at that little sale they had in Timonium, uh, Dixieland Heat, Philly, and just a tiny little thing, and, and good for uh, Squirrel Squirt winning the Breeders' Cup Sprint, but boy, did I want extra heat to win. Um, like you said, this might actually turn out to be a two- or three-horse field. I mean, there's only a couple of horses in here that seemingly want to race on the dirt at all, um, and the two that, that I focus on are Lakota Spirit, whose damn Milam finished second in the eight bells, um, actually has run second in uh, two wet track tries, um, by curling out of a street sense mare, that to me sh says really that wet track ought to be kind of ideal. Um, she'll be my pick, and the and the uh, or he'll be my pick, and the only horse, or I'm sorry, she, she'll be my pick, uh, and the only horse uh, that that uh, she has to beat is this angel Natashiko, who's got two wins on fast dirt and three seconds, and by Carpe Diem out of an arch mare. Um, I just see if, if this goes over to the main track, which seems likely Lakota Spirit should win at a very short price. And if for some reason it stays on the turf, I think you got to sort of give uh, Pratt and D'Amato the uh, nod with Oakhurst. But anyways, I think we're both expecting these races to be moved to the main track. And if so, then the uh, selection is Lakota Spirit from the inside post. Yeah, same with me. I think that race two races back where it was off the turf stands out over this field. And uh, should get a nice trip from the inside post under uh, Juan Hernandez, who uh, continues to do well uh, year in and year out in Southern California. Bob and I both like Lakota Spirit in the Frankel uh, if the race gets moved over to the main track. Saturday feature over at Aqueduct is the Gravesend. Three-year-olds and up going to sprint six furlongs on the main track. Just a field of five here, but a very talented field of five. You know, it's pretty funny, Bob. Uh, number three, Greeley and Ben, who seems like he's run at every track in the United States over the last few years, has more wins himself than some of these other horses have starts. He's amazing, isn't he? He's a real throwback, this Greeley and Ben. He's just an old-fashioned war horse. He's 25 for 42 and he's been uh delightfully lightly raced uh this year as a nine-year-old he's two for three and uh what he did the other day december 23rd at uh, laurel was uh pretty miraculous he came from absolute nowheresville and won the uh one hundred thousand dollar dave's friend um down there uh, we've seen him in front of our eyes at prairie meadows come back on very short breaks before that doesn't concern me with this horse I mean, I think he's probably a horse that doesn't do much in the morning for uh, Horatio DePaz, who trains him at this point. Um, just a really, really cool horse. Uh, 16 different tracks. He's in his 42 starts. He's run at 16 different tracks. Um, Bull Journey will be tough. This is his favorite track. He won the Fall Highway uh, last time. Uh, traditionally a very tough race for Bill Mott and Eric Cancel. Uh, Durante is the other one that loves this place. He's two for four here with two seconds, including a good second, setting the pace behind Bull Journey. But you know what? They both have, both these horses, Bull Journey and Durante, have to give Greeley and Ben two pounds. And I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to oppose Greeley and Ben, who's won at this racetrack before. He's won here twice. And like I said, he's, a, he's in good form and he's versatile in regards to pace. I have to select him, the three horse Greeley and Ben. Okay. Uh, 
I think they're just trying to get Greeley and Ben over the million-dollar mark. He's got 981000 in change uh, in earnings. This is a $150,000 race, which, according to my math, means he needs to finish first or second to guarantee that he gets over the million-dollar mark. I think he's going to have to catch Durante, who I think will be alone on the lead in this spot, and that's going to be my selection in the race. But I respect Greeley and Ben. I would love to own Greeley and Ben. I, I just uh, I think they'll be happy even if he runs second in this race, and I think they'll all have to get by Durante, who should get the lead easily. We'll see if he hangs on in the Gravesend. One last break, one last segment coming up. Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on the Horse Racing Radio Network. The race is on at Sam Houston Race Park. Get in on exciting thoroughbred racing action every weekend. Join us January 5th through the 7th for our 30th anniversary opening weekend with stakes races Friday through Sunday, Houston sports celebrities, and more. Plus, join us on Sunday Fun Day for the best brunch around. And don't miss live music and our big beer drink special every Friday night in January. Race in for all the excitement at Sam Houston Race Park. Visit SHRP.com for details. My battle buddies and I attended the NHL Stadium Series at Yankee Stadium. We had never been there before, and two of us had never seen a hockey game. Man, we had the time of our lives. It was great therapy. Vet Ticks, we can't thank you enough. Every empty seat at a concert, a game, motorsports, or a play is a missed opportunity to say thanks to a veteran and service member. We can help. We can give our veterans a special event where they too can create their own cherished memories. Find out how by visiting www.vettix.org. That's www.vettix.org. Find out how you can make a difference in a veteran's life. Hi, this is Jockey Brian Hernandez. For me, there's no bigger thrill than crossing the finish line in front, and nobody captures the excitement of our sport like Horse Racing Radio Network. Each week, HRRN brings you exclusive talk shows, podcasts, and in-depth conversations with the biggest names in racing, jockeys, trainers, owners, and more. Plus, HRRN is committed to helping disabled riders through their support of the PDJF. So climb aboard a winner today by visiting horseracingradio.net. You're listening to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on HRRN. Three quarters, 13 and two. Lay down as the lead by a length. Present Virginian on the outside. Now second, Mr. SM is third. Nostalgia star in fourth by three. Then easy and dirty and telling them. Lay down as the lead by two. Pleasant Virginian, Mr. SM adds apart. Nostalgia Star gains on the outside. The mile, 37 and 3. Nostalgia Star continues to gain on the outside of Laid Down. And they pass the 16th pole. Those two will race to the wire. Pleasant Virginian third. Nostalgia Star and Lay Down to the wire. Oh, anytime you get to hear the voice of Marshall Cassidy calling a race, it's always a good time. And that was the 1988 edition of the Queens County, won by Shug McGahee's Laying Down, I believe. It was the second straight win uh, for in the Queens County for Shug McGee. Laid down winning in 1988. This year's Queens County is the Sunday feature out at the Big A. Welcome back to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on HRRN. Bobby Newman, Bob Nastanovich, folks, Amwager is giving away money. New customers get a $150 sign-up bonus plus an instant $10 bonus for HRRN listeners. Go to link.amwager.com forward slash HRRN. You'll get $10 instantly for signing up. Then deposit $150, bet $150, and get a $150 lump sum bonus. It's just that easy. So go to link.amwager.com forward slash HRRN to sign up and get your bonuses. Amwager built by horse players for horse players. All right, Bob, we'll get to the Sunday action now. And uh, the aforementioned Queens County is the feature this Sunday out at Aqueduct. Three-year-olds and up going a mile and an eighth on the main track. Nice field of eight gathering for this year's edition of the Queens County. And the favorite on the morning line is number five, Signator, for Shug McGahee and Javier Castellano. Yeah, we talked earlier in the show how accomplished girl is uh, cross-centered in both the Sewanee River at Gulfstream and on Sunday, the race we're going to talk about next, the Abundantia at uh, Gulfstream. Obviously, it'll be interesting to see where she goes because she's a very quick. It'll be very 
significant to see where Signature uh, goes. Signature is in Florida, has been training in Florida and training quite well at Payson Park for Suge McGahee. Uh, he's cross-centered in the Harlands Holiday and the Queens County. Um, from my standpoint, it would be a wise move to ship him north and run him in the $150,000 Queens County at Aqueduct. Um, he comes from a late developing family. He's in really good form. He's won his last two races. Steps up into Stakes Company for the first time. He's he's a very uh, $1.7 million son of Tappet out of a Seeking the Gold mare. Um, of course, that was his price actually uh, last year as a two-year-old. His second dam is furlough. is very classy. Uh, won the ballerina. Um, this is just one of those classic uh, late-developing uh, families that Suge has done so well uh, with over the years. Um, 35 years later, I think Signature can win it if he makes the trip. Javier Castellano, his regular rider, is scheduled to ride him, and I think it would be pretty logical uh, for him to uh, run in the Queens County, and if so, he'll be very tough. If he doesn't turn up and he stays in Florida, then my selection will be the horse that impressively run, won the uh, Dick Small at Laurel on November uh, 25th. That's King Cumbalay. Uh, for Butch Reed, the outstanding shipping trainer from Maryland. Uh, but my selection is Signator, should he run. Yeah, I like Signator as well. I think he's just headed the right direction. He makes sense at being 3-1 to one on the morning line, and I think that's a fair price on a horse who I think still has some improvement in him, only having raced seven times thus far as we come down to the end of his three-year-old year. Signator for both Bob and myself in Sunday's Queens County. Two features on the card Sunday at Gulfstream Park. The aforementioned Abundantia is uh, race number eight on Sunday. These are fillies and mares going five furlongs on the turf. A, uh, an oversubscribed field of 15 entered, 12 will run, and it looks like a whole lot of speed in this race, Bob, with Twilight gleaming the eight to five favorite. Yeah, there's a couple of interesting entrants in here from uh, trainers that uh, are very, very good and have been around for a long time that you don't hear a whole whole lot about. Um, it's notable to me that uh, veteran uh, Florida trainer uh, Steve Dwoskin's got the three horse in here, Choose Joy, who's 8-1 to one in the morning line, has raced 21 times, five, uh, nine times here at Gulfstream, five wins in four seconds and has never tried Stakes Company. Six-year-old mare by Munnings. Uh, it's interesting that, that Dwoskin, who owns and trains her, like I said, decides to take a shot at the stakes here. Um, there's an absurd amount of speed in here. Uh, she's pretty versatile. She can lay pretty close. She might get first crack at him under Miguel Vasquez. Um, I, I like her. Uh, my selection is going to be a big long shot play uh, from another excellent trainer. And this is a breeder trainer situation. This is Jimmy Gulick, who trains up near Ocala. He's got talking tipsy in here, who's also a winner over this turf course. And uh, she ran a, a poor race last time at Gulfstream, but it was on the synth. Since then, she's been uh, training very well at home. Uh, Jose Ortiz is a notable booking for uh, Jimmy. And I think she can fly home and uh, win this at a huge price. She's 20 to 1 on the morning line, the 7 talking tipsy. All right, 20 to 1 on talking tipsy for Bob. I was trying to find somebody who I thought was not only talented enough to win this race, but had the ability, at least some ability, to pass other runners. And I ended up on the 12 accomplished girl for Safi Joseph and Edgar Zayas. Even though she's been showing speed in four of her last five starts, it's that one race at Kentucky Downs that intrigues me. I don't care about how where she finished because I think the form at Kentucky Downs doesn't mean anything when you get to the form at more conventional turf courses here in this country. Uh, but the fact that she was able to close from fifth to finish second and make up several lengths while doing so, I think means that even though she's got natural speed, she doesn't have to have the lead. And I think she'll sit a nice trip just outside or maybe just in behind uh, all the abundance of speed that are inside and get the job done in the Abundantia race eight on the Sunday card at Gulfstream. Tenth race Sunday is the Janus, three-year-olds and up sprinting five furlongs, so the male edition, if you will, of what we saw in race number eight. Ten of them going to the post in this race. And number ten, yes, I am free. It loves it at Gulfstream Park. Yeah, no, this is another wide-open field, just like the uh, eighth race. These are the boys going five-eighths. Um, a horse I've been a, big, been a big fan of for a long time, the eight bad beat beat Brian. Um, nice stalk and pounce style. Uh, he has always been ridden by uh, Chris Amy for trainer Brittany Vandenberg. 
uh, on his day. He's a very, very nice horse. Threw in a clunker December 1st at Gulfstream um, against optional claiming allowance foes. He'll have to turn that form around. Uh, but he's been training uh, sharply at uh, Gulfstream, six-time winner and a four-time winner over the turf course. He commands respect. Uh, my selection completing a, a big Sunday for Shug McGahee is the three-horse Cloudy, who's uh, notably been freshened since a pretty solid effort and a troubled trip at uh, Keeneland going five-and-a-half on the turf. Uh, this is a four-year-old son of noble mission out of an unbridled song mare. Uh, working right along at Payson, and uh, three for eight lifetime makes uh, his Gulfstream debut. I think he's primed for his best, and he has any luck under the outstanding former French rider, uh, Vincent, Ch- Vincent Chaminot. Uh, he'll be very tough to beat. I'll take the three, Cloudy. All right, should be closing. I'm going to tow to the in- number two, Coppola, for Dale Romans and Martin Garcia. Uh, he's a horse that has speed, but I think he's best when he is stalking the pace or just in behind the leaders. And that's exactly where I think he's going to be in the Janus because there's just there are other horses in here that are just faster than him early on. I think he's in great form right now, and if he can get that good trip just in behind the leaders, I think he'll be first to attack. And at ten to one, I think he's as good as anyone else in the race. That's twelve races. Time now for the Am Wager Best Bets. The, 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 the Am Wager Best Bet. Best Bet. All right, Bob, take it away. Yeah, your uh, M-Wager best bet uh, last week was Lovely Princess at the fairgrounds. And the reason being is because you thought she was unquestionably the class of the field. Um, she proved so, won by a narrow margin. Uh, I'm going to say the same thing this week. Same racetrack, same kind of situation. The Woodchopper, the fairgrounds, uh, seventh race, 3-1 uh, to one in the morning line. I just don't see any horse in here in the same class as the Steve Asmussen-trained Gigante. That'll be my Amwager best bet of the week. All right, Gigante race seven, horse number four for Bob over at the fairgrounds. I go to Santa Anita, and the opener, the Joe Hernandez, which I'm guessing comes off the turf, and the horse that both Bob and I like is number seven, Lovesick Blues. I think he's going to get a great trip just in behind the speed of Tahoe Sunrise and Peaceful Waters and Forbidden Kingdom. And his dirt form to me is every bit as good, if not better, than anyone else in the field. And I think he will not be favored in this spot. Lovesick Blues and what I think will be an off-the-turf rendition of the Joe Hernandez, uh, a grade two event now that would become grade three if they do move it over to the main track. Want to remind everybody tomorrow morning, another huge edition of the Equine Forum here on HRRN. Our good friend Mike Penna, the Baron of the Backstretch, talks with Tom Law. He's the president of the National Turf Writers and Broadcasters, as well as managing editor of ST Publishing. They look back on the top moments of 2023. Star international jockey Asheen Murphy talks about riding at Gulfstream Park. Santa Anita's top jock Juan Hernandez joins the show, discusses his big year and title offense at the classic meet at Santa Anita. Plus, James Scully gives you three races to watch in this week's triple play. Kurt Becker takes you on a stroll through racing history presented by Keeneland. Dale Romans, Tim Wilkin tackle the sport's hottest topics on I Ask, They Answer presented by the University of Louisville Equine Industry Program all part of a huge edition of the Equine Forum tomorrow morning, 8 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Sirius 162, XM 207, online channel 999, or on our website at horseracingradio.net. Uh, Bob, if uh, I hadn't had a chance to do so, for, do so already, hope you had a great Christmas. Have a fantastic New Year, my friend, and hopefully 2024 is more prosperous for both of us. Yeah, I think hopefully this will be the year that our ship finally comes in, uh, Bob. Yeah, I, my ship came in, but the ship was more like uh, a, uh, uh, what, what do you call it? It's made uh, out of balsa wood and floated in a bathtub. Uh, yeah, I, I was thinking more like the barnacle that they they rented in summer rental, you know, yeah. a flo- like a floating restaurant uh, yeah. with, t- with TV dinners and things like that. Perfect. Uh, yeah. no, We're going to need a bigger boat, Bob. Uh, that is a different movie and a much more highly regarded movie, but not quite as funny as Summer Rental. Um, <laughs> although Quint, although Quint was hilarious. Oh, fantastic! Movie. And, and uh, sadly, he died recently. What a legend he was! Yeah, and and by the way, as good as he was uh, in that movie, he was better in The Sting. Absolutely, Robert as Shaw. A, Do- yeah, Doyle Lonigan. Um, it's still one of the best, one of the biggest best gambling. Let's watch it tonight. Time. 
yeah, why not? We got nothing to do. We're just waiting for tomorrow's <laughs> big action. Um, it's been a fun 2023. A lot of controversy this year. A lot of good, a lot of bad. I'm hoping for more good, less bad, not only on a personal level, but for this great sport of horse racing that Bob and I love so much. For our producer, Lee Delapina, my co-host, Bob Mastanovich, I'm Bobby Newman. Thank you so much for joining us this evening on the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview. Have a fantastic weekend at the track, everyone, and we'll talk to you in 2024.